Making a no-budget film? It's like going to war. But you're not General MacArthur. You're more like a squad of Viet Cong guerrillas behind enemy lines, trying to complete an impossible mission using guile and your wits. It's risky, difficult, and dangerous. I can swear to it. I've been there. How's it going, everyone? Welcome to the Grindhouse Podcast. We are putting the sin back in cinema every Monday for your listening pleasure. We have a special guest today, hailing all the way from Brisbane, Australia. Someone who is not only my romantic partner, but also my musical partner for the upcoming musical project, Voyeurs. And someone who has had the mispleasure of being my coordinator on two film projects, a hopeful screenwriter, Jessica. Hello. How are you, Jess? Good. Happy to be here. <laughs> I, I'm also here. <laughs> yes, Matt's also here, <laughs> no, as always. No, no need to introduce me. No, I, people know I'm here. They, they expect right. it. Yeah, fine. That's fine. So, Matt, uh, Jess, we ha- wanted, I wanted to have Jess on because um, it's, I, I was, we were talking, I was just sort of talking with her and thinking, like, what are you know possible topics? And she brought up something that I found really intriguing, which was um, best movie soundtracks. Like certainly in, in our era of, of uh, you know, indie films and, and popular films that have come out, like the soundtrack has in many ways been as important as the movie itself. Oh, absolutely. Uh, the, the soundtrack is the, um, it lets you know how to feel. It, it, it exactly. lets you know where you are. You, you, I think of how lost you'd be in a film, uh, you know, if there weren't these, these audio cues and warnings of what's to come um you know we've all seen the the movie where 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 everything's going fine and all the all the characters are happy and dancing and laughing and but that music's just not quite right yeah and you know a little little somber sound in the background and you're like someone's gonna get cancer right (laughs) so we thought we would kind of compile our you know top three each of movies that had kick-ass soundtracks and then at the end maybe we put together like a little spotify playlist of some of the best tracks from those mm, yeah. playlists right. uh, some from some of those soundtracks and um you guys can jam out on start your week out right on monday i know i will so just as our guest uh, why don't you start what's like what, what's one of your favorite musical soundtracks okay so the movie i actually selected which might be unpopular opinion uh was the 1997 Uh film spawn i actually like that film that film falls like somewhere really neatly like between the crow and dark city okay uh spawn to me is it was a very cool comic book and uh i but i don't remember what was in the soundtrack What, what 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 was going on there uh, in the soundtrack, so basically they so, sort of uh, follow the same rhythm as uh, the movie Judgment Night. I don't know if you guys ever saw that one. Wait a minute, is that it? That is that the movie where like the 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 rock bands teamed up with the rap groups? Right, and made the right. In the soundtrack, yeah. That so a- essentially, that's what the same thing they did in Spawn. Um, so you've got. Um, you got songs like Filter and The Crystal Method, DJ Spooky with Metallica. Uh, one of my favorite Marilyn Manson songs actually was on that soundtrack, which was uh, Long Hard Road Out of Hell, which I think was done with the Sneaker Oh, that's pimps. a fucking great song. Right. Yeah, that's a good song. Right. Dude, how did I miss this? Like, uh, my, a friend of mine and I were like listening to Judgment, so- Judgment Night soundtrack a bunch recently, just going on like song by song. It's a great soundtrack, but I don't know how I missed this about the Spawn soundtrack. I, did, I don't remember any of this. Dude, it's fucking cool. Yeah, during that time period, there was like, like that was kind of the thing to do like a lot of those dark 90s movies that were like built on these fringe comic book like series had these killer soundtracks and like the movies for whatever reason weren't received so well but like in retrospect like for the time they were pretty well done yeah it was cool because like the it was uh the guy that did the soundtrack um i always pronounce his name wrong is it graham Ravel? so He's actually from New Zealand, which is just across the pond from me. Um, and he that's did, like uh, uh, that's like poor man's. That's like the Oklahoma to Texas yeah. is New Zealand to Australia, <laughs> except for it's a tiny, an entirely different country. Um, but um, he also did the music same, same. for The Crow, uh, Dust Till Dawn, Tank Girl, Planet Terror, The Craft. Um, that's yeah. killer. It's good stuff. Yeah. The Craft had a cool soundtrack too. I remember that. Yeah, I think The Craft is one of those films that's a sort of an, an, an honorable mention list. Who, who was that in The Craft that did that cover of How Soon Is Now? There was Because I remember that, that from the trailer. I don't know. 
it sounded like was it uh 16 candles uh <laughs> pretty in pink pretty in pink. who's that who's pretty in pink it sounded like those guys uh but it wasn't oh, uh or was it psychedelic furs psychedelic furs it, uh, it sounded like psychedelic furs doing morrissey uh or do the smiths in um, my mind in my mind it was the smiths always so i don't know uh it was covered by the the band love split love love spit love did it and that is the singer of psychedelic furs i there think is it, it. <laughs> i think it i don't is. know i'm pretty I'm sure i can only do so many google searches <laughs> <laughs> you're okay <laughs> yeah not only is it is spawn an underrated movie but i do agree like it's super underrated soundtrack um movies that took big chances and were way above their time especially within the comic genre really combined the music of the time to accentuate what was, what was happening on screen right right so matt what uh what are some of the soundtracks that you've liked okay i'm gonna start us off with another uh night i believe it's a 90s film yeah it's a 90s okay. film um virgin suicides oh. based on a book that was really very, close to being on my list yeah very dark film all the all the girls commit suicide but Fear not, if you watch it, you're not going to be totally sad because the whole time you're watching the film, Air is doing the soundtrack. The French Air. duo, the French power duo Air is doing They're the soundtrack. amazing. Oh, it's incredible. My uh, second favorite, by the way, my second favorite French uh, duo. What's your first favorite? He doesn't remember. The, oh, are they French? Yeah. They're, can robots be French? I don't know. Um, <laughs> I don't think they're allowed. Again, another honorable mention, which is Tron Legacy. I would have gone with uh, Interstellar. What is it? Fifty-five, fifty-five. Is that what it's called? You know that one? No. No. Uh, it's oh, it's rad. It's a Daft Punk album set to uh, anime. Oh, that's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard of it. But I haven't watched it. Oh, it's amazing. But we're not talking about that. We're talking no. <laughs> about Virgin Suicides. Virgin Suicides. Man, that was cool. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it's really good. It's it's one of those soundtracks that I always go back to. Uh, I I don't need to watch the film, you know. I just I ha- I own the album, and um, it's a, it's a really good one. It's it's weird. The uh, if you have the um, the motion picture soundtrack album, you get these uh, these weird kind of mashups that they do with like dialogue from the film, but they slow oh, it yeah. down. So it's like the boys talking, but they sound like this the whole time. And then at the same time, dreamy air music is playing in the background. And it's a, it's a cool little um, kind of mashup of like the film and the, or, or a reinterpretation of dialogue from the film to make the soundtrack right. into more of an album. And okay. uh, yeah, I always go back to it. It's a really good one. Cool. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to continue sort of the trend here and go with sort of nineties gem soundtracks. Um, it may be a bit obvious, but I'm going to go with the Crow soundtrack. That's a oh, yeah. stellar uh, soundtrack. Eighth grade for me. That was, that yeah, was the, you know, the soundtrack, man. That was one of those soundtracks that introduced me a whole genre of music, okay. which had which which introduced me to the, uh, the Cure, right, with their song Burn, and introduced me to Stone Temple Pilots' Big Empty, Nine Inch Nails' cover of Joy Division, De- Dead Souls. De- yeah, Dead Souls is a good one. Listening to the Crow soundtrack and watching uh-huh. the movie The Crow in general, Alex Proyas is still at the top of my list of favorite directors of all time, and really like so to see for me eventually getting into film later in life because I was just so amazed by the artistic like endeavor that was The Crow movie. And then, like, when you think about, like, the power that the soundtrack had, like, so many bands and, and so much of the subculture that I'm involved in now, again, with those bands, like, like that, that soundtrack came out at a time before I understood what punk rock was. But I knew who Henry Rollins' band was because they were on the Crow soundtrack, you know? Like, I didn't understand what goth or mope rock, whatever you want to call it, post-punk was but i knew that the cure was on the crow soundtrack with with a track that was very reminiscent of like pornography or disintegration so when you heard that so, henry rollins song did you keep following that trail because that's a cover well, song well like i went backwards you know like i went like that was a great thing no no about that, that's that. A, but that rollins song that ghost rider that's a cover song by suicide of, i don't know if you knew that but I didn't. I mean, I went back and discovered Black Flag. Oh well, hell yeah, that's a good, that's the much that's probably the better trail if you're going to follow a trail from there. <laughs> Black <laughs> yeah, Flag exactly. was an amazing band. The Crow Two had a great soundtrack as well. I will, I will, I will debate anyone. I'll make, I'll lay the gauntlet down right now. If anyone wants to debate with me that the Crow 
to City of Angels is not a respectable film. I'll debate them on that. It is a steaming I pile. It has. Are you? It is you a steaming pile of Jess? a film. You want? It is awful. You want, oh, I'll Je- debate with Jess anyone. is going for it. I will throw uh, down the gauntlets on that. That was embarrassing. Brandon uh-oh. Lee would be rolling his grave if he saw that shit. That was terrible. I'm sorry. Which Which movie had Iggy Pop in it? The second that one. Was the second one. He was the only good oh, that's part kinda, about that. That's kind of cool. Yeah, Iggy, listen, Iggy's there. Listen, that's kind of cool. I, here's the deal. In the second one, the filmmakers aimed to make a film that was distinctly different from the first Crow. And Harvey, the mo- the real life monster Weinstein, went in and re-edited the film against the director and the writer's uh, wishes so much so that they disowned the film to make it more like the original film in, in sort of like a storyline uh, to cash in on the popularity of the first film. So arguably speaking, there is a director's cut that's more true to the vision that Tim Pope and David Goyer aimed for. You could see parts of it in the final product. You could see where they were they were trying to make something like like a spiritual cousin to the original film, but also like its own thing. That's like giving them a yeah. it's a beautifully it's, shot it's film. Its own straight to video thing. This dude knows his crow too. No, it got I, a, it got a theatrical release. <laughs> well, well, it should have. I don't. I yeah. <laughs> uh, David, we're so sorry. Uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not we, even sorry. I'll try. I I like Iggy Pop. I'll try to watch it sometime. All right, but but Jess, since you kicked off the first one, why don't you hit us with your second favorite or another one of your favorite soundtracks? Um, so the second uh, film that I picked, we're keeping it like real close in like the the eras that these were all released. My second film I picked was the 1987 film The Lost Boys. Um, oh, oh yeah, very cool. Yeah, eighty seven. All right, a little bit of an earlier film. Pretty sure, yeah. yeah. All right. Um, yeah. Now, the reason that this uh, soundtrack is cool for me, right, um, is the fact that in my mind, whenever I think of the Lost Boys soundtrack, it's got this brooding, dark, like, you know, really, really dark soundtrack. But then you go listen to this soundtrack, it is poppy as shit. Like, the only song on there that's even remotely dark is Cry Little Sister by Jared McMahon. The rest of it is, like, poppy as hell. And, like... That's that's super strange to me because going back and re-listening, I'm like, what? Well, I think that's pretty. It's pretty in keeping with Joel Schumacher because, like, he he was always really good or bad, depending on your point of view, at mixing like pop gooiness, sweetness with like dark humor. Right. And I think the Lost Boys is pretty indicative of that sort of vision. It's almost like yeah, the, it's it's the a two Corys like, movie. I mean. Well, yeah, yeah look at its core it was a yeah, it was it's one a Corey, of Corey uh, movie it's like, gonna be the, it's gonna be kind of pop were, you know what were some of the other core Corey films like a dream of the little dream yeah license to drive license to drive yeah uh what was one of the other ones i felt like there was another one they were a little bit older and it was a little past its expiration date mm, i don't know that sounds gross uh jess <laughs> well since you brought up the soundtrack uh the greasy saxophone guy that was playing down on the beach. What, what, what do we, what can you tell us about him? What's, what was it's that? Awesome. It's, <laughs> that's the, the most memorable scene in the film. <laughs> do you remember that? The shirtless, no. greasy muscle man with the saxophone and the guy? ponytail. That, amazing. Like, that guy he, is, that is to me, that is the lost boys soundtrack. That and the, the cry little children's song at the beginning is all I remember. He was I think, uh, singing. I still believe, I think it's a song by the call. And um, he playing a saxophone along with it. He he's actually put out several albums too. No, doesn't doesn't ring a bell. <laughs> Are you looking him Why? up right now? How, what yeah. did you Google? Greasy <laughs> saxophone guy from the Lost Boys. <laughs> I looked. Up I sa- think that's going to be a uh, something I don't want to put into my Google search engine. Oh, he's gorgeous. <laughs> no, the guy that guy was amazing. <laughs> it was a sight he to was see. A, he was a fine looking, oiled up muscle man. You know what else was a sight to see? Was Kiefer Sutherland's buddy Bon Jovi in the front, Vince Neil in the back, mullet? That was the best thing about that. That film. was well, that's <laughs> one of the best mullets in film history. If there was a mullet yes. award, yes, Kiefer Sutherland would have got it for that film. Well, what's that's a, that's what's his name? Thing, uh, that film, B- Bill and Ted. What? Who? Uh, he was there too. Uh, oh, the other <laughs> guy. <laughs> Ted was there. Listen, listen, listen. 
Tom G. Mack did the, the sort of the most well-known track off that album, which is Cry Little Sister. I actually had the, the fortune of seeing him live a Wasn't couple years Gerard ago. Wasn't Gerard McMahon? Yeah, his name is Gerard McMahon, but he goes by Tom G. Mack. Oh. And like Why? years after the movie, he still performs it and he's fantastic. It's just him and sort of like a multi-instrumentalist. And it was great. It was at a, an outdoor, out in L.A., or the outskirts of LA, they did um, sort of like a, an outdoor screening of the Lost Boys, and they had actually flew in Tom G. Mack to like do a little set before the screening of the film, like out in like this sort of camp land. That's the shirtless saxophone man. Is that what? No, no, no. That's uh, Tom G. Mack who did <laughs> I, I, Little Sister. I know. I just want to talk about saxophone. I just wanted to be the saxophone man. <laughs> Listen, that that gentleman, that gentleman has a name. I wish his he, name is Tim Capello. I wish the whole soundtrack was done by him. I, I want to live in that reality where the, all of the, every song in there was just him, this shirtless saxophone man with this crazy versatile palette that just made this memorable experience. Which, but you know another track, man, make this a reality. If you'll yeah. but let's not forget. <laughs> right. Let's not forget Echo and the Bunny Man doing a cover of People the Doors. Uh, People are strained. Right, that's fucking such a great. Track. That's a great. Track. Uh, yeah, something. Uh, was it McClure, the singer in McClure? Something about that guy. He thinks he's like a English Jim Morrison or something. I saw them live a few times. It's like it's so, a lot of Doors covers every time you see him so, live, and he's so fantastic. Ian from the Colt. Uh, no, that's a uh, no. That's um. That's a different Ian. That's, I know, uh, but I'm saying Ian from the Cold is a British Jim Morrison. Oh right. Well, I I well I thought he was doing more of a, uh, more of an Aerosmith, um, Stephen Tyler. It's more kind Stephen of thing. Tyler. Yeah, okay. I always, I always Who, saw that. With, Ian, uh, what's fucking Ian's name from the Cold? Ashbury. Ian Ashbury. Yeah, I always thought no, it was more dude, of Stephen he's Tyler. Hard. But no, no it's that's what's strange. It's um, what is his name? Echo and the Bunny Men guy. What, uh, Let's get that on the uh, can we, editing. Can we get that name? For- <laughs> yeah, working on that right now. Echo. His uh, name is Echo, and the rest of them are his bunny men. Are the, are the bunny, bunny men. men. It's right. um, it's Ian McClulloch. McCulloch. McCulloch. That's M-C- right. Ian Mc- McCulloch. 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 Yeah. Ian McCulloch. Yeah. He he uh, does. He's, I guess, a big influence of his is Jim Morrison, but it's so strange because yeah, totally. he's he just, they don't look, it's the the appearance, you know, it's like, where did he get this idea? But yeah, I don't know, people have their influences, but they do a lot of Doors covers when you see them and they're pretty good at them. No, great, great selection. I think that, um, you know, a slightly, a slight earlier era in our sort of development, but like, you're right, the, the soundtrack for The Lost Boys was so good that it, it, perfectly summed up the film and that it was a good mixture of these dark brooding songs like cry little sister but also some more upbeat tracks right the sort of right underline the, the dark humor yeah and almost like a amblin sort of element to the lost boys what have we got for the poppy stuff what what kind of songs are on there what what other bands um well there is uh in excess with jimmy bonds Good times. Oh. That is an extremely oh, it, poppy song. Hey, in excess can get dark, man. In watch excess. out! Not watch out in for in this excess. instance. Australia's own <laughs> with Jimmy Barnes. I don't know if you all know Jimmy Barnes. Yeah, he's a we local do. boy. We're from Texas. Wait, Jim, Jimmy, are you saying Barnes? Barnes. She's saying Vaughn, right? Barnes. 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 I'll Americanize it for you. <laughs> See, we we have a blues musician named Jimmy Vaughn here in Austin, and Andrew and I are both like, "Oh yeah, Jimmy, yeah, yeah that's we what told just you happened." That guy. <laughs> no, the, Jimmy, Jimmy Barnes. Oh yeah. Oh, good job on that Texas dude. That was really good job on the Texas accent. Yeah, I do bad. my best. Jimmy Barnes. <laughs> Great. So, what about what about you, uh, Matt? What is uh, what's what's another what? one of your top soundtrack movie soundtracks oh sure okay yeah i've got another one that's um god i kind of you guys are listing so many cool ones all of mine are like one guy or one band did the whole thing and um you guys are listing all these really cool ones and so i think i'm i'm gonna go ahead and um i'm gonna replace one right now and late late submission yes right 
you never know when you listen to the Grand House podcast. Yeah. Things will just change up at the last minute. Because guess what, guys? <laughs> Y'all were going to get to hear me talk about, well, a really good soundtrack. I mean, the, the Blade Runner soundtrack is fantastic. And that's what yes. I was going to tell you about. My favorite, my favorite film of all time. Evangelist. Uh, he's got hands of an angel. I don't know if that's a thing. But he's when he touches that synthesizer, it's incredible. Yeah, it's a great soundtrack. Second, only to John Carpenter. But we brought up Judgment Night, and we got to keep talking about Judgment Night, y'all. Yes. I mean, you got some stuff going on here, man. <laughs> We're talking uh, Del, the funky homo sapien, right. teamed up yeah. with Dinosaur Jr. What? That's I mean, pretty dope. Mud Honey and Sir Mix-A-Lot. They like That's he likes big butts and they like jeans with holes in the knees and flannel shirts. <laughs> uh, you got, I mean, Pearl Jam and Cypress Hill. They like smoking weed. He likes standing up for women's rights. Perfect mashup. I mean, hundred <laughs> percent. This is amazing. Mud Helmet and House of Pain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> Uh, what's great what's great about well, the actually wait is that, like, mud honey mud honey no not mud honey and iced tea slayer no, and iced tea slayer and iced oh. tea Sorry, whoa come so, on so we disorder. actually jess and i just saw uh iced tea well body count oh cover do, do they do that Rain and blood. Blood. Oh, it was man, so that good. cover is amazing Can we do a whole like, so great. About that. Seriously. seriously yeah iced tea is like he knows he's just got to do it all. He's like, uh, hey, I want to be an actor. Yeah, go ahead. I want to act on TV. Do it. I want to make. The, I want to make some rap music. Of course, I want to make some rock music. But I want to make it about killing cops. Whoa, now. But he did Whoa. that. I mean, that can I, can, that guy. Can I tell you a story of when I met Ice T? Uh, yeah, Please sure. Do. Yeah. So uh, I'm gonna take a little aside here, a little tangent. Back in 1999, when I went to my first Warp Tour concert, I was walking across the yards here in San Antonio, Texas, and I saw this upcoming rap artist named Eminem performing. Oh, yeah. And I was semi-familiar with his single, and I thought, I'll watch it. So as I start walking towards that stage, I see a guy who looks really familiar at the very back of the crowd. He's wearing a tank top. <laughs> that does not sound manly at all. Yeah, he's got a gold chain of an AK-47 around his neck, hair pulled back in a ponytail. It's no one else but Ice T. And you went and bothered him. As a young 18-year-old, <laughs> and I said, uh, Mr. T, I'm a really big fan of your music. You did not call and him Mr. T. I did. That's a different did. person, dude. I know. <laughs> I know that. I knew T. who it was. <laughs> But I was just trying to be polite. I'm a young Texas boy at this time. His yeah. surname and is T. And he says, yeah, he says, that's <laughs> but, cool, it, but it's T-E-A. Yeah. It's no, not, no, no, no. It's He's not. Spoke, it's no. not. It's not. Okay. That, sorry. He, 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 he turned to me barely, the, the bare minimum of having to turn to acknowledge me, and said, um, that's cool, man. And he turned back to watch Eminem. And I, I said, nothing and and went back into the crowd and left him with the hell alone <laughs> well that's my miss that's my iced tea can slash you mr t experience imagine the bottomless generosity of iced tea to turn to this annoying little kid and use the word cool and give him a little nod i i mean one of my what a guy moments. what a guy that iced tea is a good guy, I gotta say. Philanthropist, absolutely. So great, great soundtrack, great choice. I think, I think it's also really indicative of like what was going on at the time, which was like this sort of combination of this up and coming, like rapidly increasing in popularity, like rap hip hop movement, with the more established like hard rock and metal sound. Yeah, because if this soundtrack was made just a few years later, guys, Fred Durst would have been on it. And we wouldn't be talking 100%. about it today. Right. We wouldn't be talking no, about it. No, we would it. fucking hate it. <laughs> luckily, luckily, it was right before this time period. Listen, yeah, that's right. I do not hate some Limp Biscuit music. Okay, That's okay. That's okay. You don't have to hate it all. I, I'm going to tell, I'm I'm, tell a brief story, but we used to do this thing when we'd go skateboarding where we would just buy the cheapest CDs we could find at Best Buy and we'd listen to them when we went skating, right? And for some reason... Limp Biscuit, no one had heard of them. Their album, we got it for five bucks at Best Buy, and we just went Shocking. skateboarding. And, and I'll tell you, out of context, 
as a band you've never heard of before, I didn't hate it either. Yes. Okay, I'm going to edit all this out. So, uh, <laughs> on to my next soundtrack. I'm going to I'm going to dovetail a little bit off of what Jess said earlier. Uh, I'm going to dovetail from a Joel Schumacher film to a Joel Schumacher film. And I'm going to go with the 1995 soundtrack for the movie Batman Forever. Yeah. Now, now it, it has the honor of being the very first CD I bought on my own. I know that Joel Schumacher, and we had talked about this on our Deconstructing Gods episode, that put nipples on the bat suit. But let me just run down this this stellar lineup. Okay, you have, and I know that YouTube is not the most well respected band in the world these days, but they did a they did a song called "Hold Me, Throw Me, Kiss Me, Kill Me," which yep. was. At the, I can only describe it as, as like sleazy electronic rock. It was so good. Okay, then you have followed by by indie darlings like PJ Harvey. You've got uh, Mazzy Star. You've got the Offspring covering uh, "Smash It Up" by The Damned. Nick and Dave. speaking it's of, good, it's a good song. It's a good song. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of uh, in excess on. Um, uh, the, the the album of The Lost Boys, you have Michael Hutchins, singer of In Excess, covering Iggy Pop's The Passenger. Oh, yes. I got to hear that. That's great. That's one oh, of my favorite it's so Iggy good. Pop songs. Again, again, a little bit of like electronic vibe to it. And then you have uh, Sunny Day Real Estate. You have uh, The Flaming Lips. And yes, of course, you have uh, Seal. Ooh. My the mind. most well-known song from this track still is Kiss from a Rose. Oh, when you said Batman Forever, I started hearing it in my head, and I, right. had, I had to sit down just for a second. But but listen. Oh, man. I fell in love every time I heard that song. Listen, I'm pretty sure that song's object. about cocaine. With Seal? Uh, yeah. <laughs> it's about drugs, right? I I don't think it is about that. Maybe it is. I'm, I don't know. It's because it's one of those magical songs. It's about whatever you want it to be about. It's about that's right. Inspiration. It's about reality and just and, and 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 love and roses and kisses. And aren't Me, and aren't the best song songs about open to interpretation? The station. Whoa! Now <laughs> changing what the Ooh. station? I hate that Stations? song so much. Listen. Oh, you listen. need to listen to it again. You gotta be in the right context. Seal has no context. No. He does. No. He's a he's a no. he's a national treasure. He's an American national treasure. Well, you can fucking. When have I think him. of you can have. I him. I imagine Seal as like. Because I think he's him. he's not. Has he ever been married? Has he ever been in anything? Yeah, he was yeah, married he to Heidi Kim. Um, who was it? For years. So, and, but he's not now. He's Heidi. He's, Heidi he's Kim, like a, right? He's like a bachelor now, right? Uh, yeah, I think so. Okay. Yes, so it works. I imagine Seal at his giant mansion out in the mountains. And it's it's a place where not necessarily like abused women, but just like just women that need a little place <laughs> to go. Where is this going? They, they where can is go, this going? They can go to Seal's house. And every morning, Seal, they wake up to him singing and making them breakfast. And they're, uh, he's got personal trainers out in the yard that they exercise and and Seal brings out the uh, the mimosas afterwards, and he's just singing the whole time. And this is not like a sexual thing, man. This is just is like not? Seal taking care of the ladies. Like that's when when I hear Seal's music, I see all that because it's got to be the it's got to be the case. You can't write Matt, songs I, that beautiful without actually, some kind of. Yes. I actually don't think that Seal is a cult leader. <laughs> it's not a cult. No, it it's cult. just it's just he's got like a hundred rooms in his house. He's got to do something with them. So, Listen. ladies, if you're having a hard time, if you need a place to go and relax and just get away for a while, you know, just find your. I don't want to say find your groove because that would be an insult to Seal. But go to <laughs> Seal's house. Seal will find the groove for you. I do not want <laughs> Seal to find my groove. Ever. He will be. He will give you a kiss from the rose on the gray. Dear God, no! Uh, wasn't it a rose on a grave? Is it grave or gray? I, I thought it was know. grave. It's probably both. Man, Seal has many layers. He is a. He's like an onion. Who's <laughs> <laughs> is, is who is next? I don't even know. Is you it, me? No, uh, me. Is it me? 
Is it me? No, it's no, it's uh, I'm the last one, right? No, it starts on Jess. You're yeah, Jess. You're up. Okay. Enough of that madness. Get out of here, Seal. Um, <laughs> <laughs> my my last one is the soundtrack to the 1999 film High Fidelity. Oh, excellent. Right. So we're moving away from that metal, rock, or heavy metal. Sort that of film stuff. has gotten me through many a breakups. Dude, it's, right. It's okay, the, so that's why the soundtrack I mean, is so awesome. Yeah. It's like a soundtrack for everybody's lives. And it made you want to like the music. Like if you listen did anyone go and look up the beta band after seeing how bad shit gets the beta band of in that course. movie? right oh yeah they did the whole scene where look look at we can make our stupid customers go buy an album and then right. i immediately went and bought that album right. well hold on I, hold I on i, I do have to take umbridge I, I hate this now but um at the time i, I, thought I, it was I do have to take umbridge with one part it is really good with though. one one part of that scene which is actually the scene right before they put on the beta band whereas they say that green one of green day's two influences are not only the clash but stiff little yes. fingers Okay. Which I disagree with. You don't think Stiff Little Fingers, uh, Green Day got a little something from them? You don't hear that? N- no, I'm pretty sure it's the Ramones. Oh, it can't be both. I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, sure, but like, if you're saying the top two influences for Green Day are the Clash, so much so that the woman of interest in the scene I, says uh, it in sync with you. Yeah, I don't hear Clash in Green Day. I've never heard that. But uh, Stiff Little Fingers, I mean, Fingers, maybe like Latter Day. Whoa, now, hey, man. No, I'm saying Latter-day Green Day. Yeah, I know. That, which is... I think they... they I don't like Latter-day Green Day, and I do like the class. Yeah, but so no, it's one the of those new Green Day stuff is horrible. That should yeah. go in the bin, lock it up. It's not for me. Burn it, set it on fire, never speak of it again. Are you not an American idiot, Matt? Yeah, that's not a good song. No. It's very fitting. With <laughs> that's the current, a bad, um, it's a bad <clears> song. Political climate. Well, listen, outside of the beta band and their miscategorization of Green Day being a Stiff Little Fingers influenced band, uh, you also have the the collab between David Bowie and Queens right. under pressure, which is excellent. Is there any Serge Gainsbourg in the soundtrack? I remember he's got that part where the kids are stealing records and they've got the Serge Gainsbourg record and he's like, there's no way you listen to this. Yeah, but, right. uh, I don't know Serge if that, Gainsbourg. Anything. Serge Gainsbourg, a French, French guy. He's... You don't know him? No. I, I, you Matt, want to know you him. actually turned me on to Sage, uh, Serge Gainsbourg like years ago, and it's stellar music. Oh, yeah. Mm, yes. I'll look it up right yes. now. We means yes. In uh, on, you, you have tracks on this album, such as um, uh, Bob Dylan's Most of the Time. Right. You have a cover of Jack Back doing Marvin Gaye's Let's Get It On. Oh, that was precious. I liked that. <laughs> Elvis Costello and the Attraction Shipbuilding. Oh, that's a good song. Yeah. Yeah. Be- uh, beta Band, we talked about the Dry, dry the way- Rain. Yep. Um, you know, just skipping a little down, one of our favorite bands, The Velvet Underground, Who Loves the Sun. So good. Who cares that it makes plants grow? And uh, let's bring it home with a little Stevie Wonder, I believe. Stevie Wonder always brings it home. That's right. It brings you down to your knees. Mm-hmm. Makes you feel something deep inside. Uh, excellent choice. Excellent choice. I think that, you know, High Fidelity is one of those films that really kicked off the trend along with like Tar- some of Tarantino's movies, which um, I think maybe we should give an, a little bit of an honorable mention to in, of combining like killer soundtracks yeah. with like the visual medium that was the film itself. Right. What you're talking about, like Reservoir Dogs, Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, Pulp Fiction, you know, and then and then latter day films. I don't know if this is gonna be on your last tracks, but like films like Baby Driver by Edgar Wright, and um, certainly James Gunn's Guardians of the Galaxy Volume One and Two. Like these are films that were inspired by great soundtracks attached to films. Well, if you want to talk about inspiring soundtracks <laughs> soundtracks that make you feel immortal Preacher. or like you could save the universe save saving the universe every one of us yes i'm gonna talk about the soundtrack work of the band called queen yes i know where you're going with this Come on, guys. Y'all know what I'm talking about. They did Flash Gordon. 
Okay, Flash Gordon is great. They did Highlander. Yes, who wants to live forever? <laughs> yeah, and it, it kind of ends there, but but oh, amazing soundtracks. <laughs> I mean, that Those is two like films. oh, dude. When I hear the, I mean the 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 simplicity of the words of Freddie Mercury's words, man. He's just like. Yeah, uh, uh, Highlander. He's just like I'm immortal. Inside me flows the blood of kings. It's like amazing. It's yeah. It's just like it's this. Princes of the universe. Oh, princes of the universe. Yes, exactly. Or or, uh, Flash Gordon, man. When he's going, he'll save every one of us. yeah, oh, that right there, just that, and then with that bump, 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 bump. Yeah, and bump, it builds, bump, bump, it bump, builds, bump. and like there's a push. There's like that part of you that knows it's coming, and you're waiting. You're yes. like every great cinematic moment, like you're waiting for the payoff. And oh. it builds and it builds and it builds and it builds. And right and when then, you think it's gonna happen, it builds a little bit more, and then climax. It is Flash and Brian May. I mean. It's incredible. Both of those albums, the Highlander soundtrack, the Flash Gordon soundtrack. I'm sorry I cheated and did two. It counted as one. It's, I mean, it is, you don't even need to watch the films, honestly. I mean, do watch the films. They're wonderful films. But But like, I would make the argument, I would make the argument that the Flash and the, uh, the Highlander soundtrack better describe what the film was going for than the film itself maybe right i I don't know if not better but equal i mean that's the thing because like there's so much going on in those soundtracks and there's so much i i I feel like they must have been written where they gave queen all of the you know the footage all of the raw what what do you call it yeah like they gave them the edit and they were just like uh just playing it in the studio with them on what a big screen will. and they were just kind of going yeah and they were just like rocking to the movie i i don't know like that's what it, like i've heard of that happening i know uh great expectations um yeah most, remember that? most uh, pulp films, did that yeah. in great expectations that song um uh just like a friend you guys know that pulp song yeah that's yeah, one that they did great, they just went in the studio and they showed them the scene that their song would be playing and they just played it on a loop and they just wrote a song to it and I feel yeah, like that's right. that's gotta be what was going on in that studio and Queen was just telling you how to save the universe and what it feels like to be this immortal swordsman that has to cut off another guy's head and was trained by Sean Connery to do yeah, well, Highlander listen, like, stuff. I, I loved the the Highlander film. I was really young when I saw it, but like the Highlander TV show with Adrian Paul right. starring as Connor uh, Connor McCloud's cousin Duncan was fantastic because they did a truncated version of Queen's intro. Yeah, I remember that for each episode. It was so good. No, and, you don't want like, it truncated, man. You need the the full thing. You need Brian May's solo like experience. You need it all. You need that full soundtrack. I'm telling you, the, the change in tempo. I I would say to our listeners, sometimes we're a bit of an advice show. Start your morning with Flash Gordon. And then at lunch, get a little rejuvenation with Highlander soundtrack, and and you will succeed in life. That's right. How That's to right. how to make friends and influence people? The answer is two soundtracks, both by one band. Queen, Reverend Matt has spoken. <laughs> what soundtrack would you finish your day with? Oh, Virgin Suicides. No, 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 no. That no, you'll have nightmares. You'll be like, oh, teenage, <laughs> the life of a thirteen-year-old girl is so hard. Um, Wait, no, I uh, think that anyway. You finish it with Seal, Kiss from a Rose. On no, that's loop. right. And you just that's go to right. you just play that on loop some, until you, you go to sleep. That's what you do. You bring your lover into the bedroom and you put on Seal. Yeah. And you're guaranteed to end that night right. Seriously, if that <laughs> happens, like my uterus will dry up so fast. Listen, you know, cremated, listen. scatter it in the sea. Thirty percent of the time, thirty percent of the time, Seal works every time. No. All right. So I really debated on my last soundtrack to throw in there. Because there's so many good ones. We talked. We gave the honorable mentions to Baby Driver and pretty much every Tarantino film. Um, there were so many tough ones. And I, and I got to give – I mean this was such a close runner-up, which is Hedrick and the Angry Inch. Oh, which was, yes. Very, very nearly took my last spot. But unfortunately, oh. I could only pick three. And mm-hmm. these two these two vying for the last position were – 
of different genre, but so close enough that I had to pick one. And the one that I picked, Rocky Horror Picture Show. Yes! Oh, yes. I knew this. Of Hope course. That whole movie, word a for film, word. Yeah, a, a, a lot film, of people do. Mm-hmm. A film that has influenced my life and introduced me to, to so many different aspects of my life now as a grown man. That's why Andrew wears heels. Uh, the, the dark humor, the openness, the sci-fi element, the musical element. Uh, it's got everything that you could possibly want, and and the soundtrack is is next to none. I mean, it sits at the at the at the top of the heap. Motherfucking oh, meatloaf. When meatloaf comes out of yes. that frozen locker and he is just rocking and playing that sax solo, that right there is everything you need to know about rock and roll. That is listen. It's every right. great soundtrack needs a sax man. Greasy, okay? greasy meatloaf sax is man. that sax man. Um, All right then, uh, Richard O'Brien. Richard <laughs> O'Brien's Meatloaf song. on the sax versus Greasy Sax Man from Lost Boys. Ooh. Who, Who wins? Win fight? <laughs> <laughs> well, I will say this: I think Greasy Sax Man wins in a fight because the two movies I most remember Meatloaf being in, he gets killed in a freezer and he gets shot in the back of the head running away. So. And he's got man boobs. So I think Greasy Saxman wins a fight. But if you're talking about a sax off. Sax fight, yeah. If you're talking about who's saxier, <laughs> I'm going to go with Meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> those those tight jeans, that battle vest, that pomped hair. I mean, there's that. he's the epitome of cool. Ooh, bless and my then, soul. And then, and then we get into the gender bending of Richard O'Brien yep. singing science fiction. Oh, with, beautiful. Uh, Patricia Queen, uh, what's her name? Patricia. Her name's Patricia. Patricia Quinn's Probably. lips. Patricia Quinn's lips doing the intro to Rock and Roll Picture Show. It made me feel so funny fantastic. in my tummy when I was a child. Those lips. I it might have it might have ushered in puberty for me. I was going to go say it might have been puberty. I'm not sure. Miss Susan Sarandon in her oh. underwear saying, "Touch me." Okay, so she was banging. She was banging. That was amazing. Creature Jess, with all of due the respect, I don't care if Susan Sarandon is currently 75 years old. She's got to be on my exception list. Because if, if Susan Sarandon is 75 years old, she can come over. We'll talk. She's it's fine. Susan Sarandon is not 75 years old, guys. <laughs> so, uh, so, Suze. She would be at Susie. Sarandon. Susie, if you're listening, that's an open invitation. To come into the Oscuro home and uh, wow, let's, let's things figure are, out. Things are getting a bit creepy on the Grindhouse <laughs> podcast. How you doing, girl? When you hit 75, give us a ring. Go get creepy and desperate on the Grindhouse <laughs> podcast. Uh, Shout out to Susan Sarandon. What about uh, that guy? You know, he's in the he's a, he's the sweet transvestite. What's his name? Come on, man! You got to mention Tim Curry. Tim Curry. Oh, Tim yeah, Curry's amazing. Tim Curry can also come over if he's if he's yeah. You know what? Tim Curry in mm-hmm. his wheelchair and seventy five year old Susan Sarandon have an open invitation in the to future. The home. Yeah. We know you're not seventy five, Susan Sarandon. We're but sorry. We wouldn't care that. if you were. We wouldn't care. <laughs> we would love it. In fact, we'd be more into it. You know. Susan Sarandon is a gem, uh, but she's a look, saint. She's get, a national treasure. Getting ever. back to that soundtrack, I mean, guys, are we closing on that? Is that our last soundtrack well, listen, we're listen. doing? Yeah, uh, listen, well, that's the last one, right? Of, that's a fantastic. Rocky, when you think of the the importance of how how seminal of a film Rocky Horror Picture Show is, like the the track above all else, above Meatloaf, above Richard O'Brien, above even Tim Curry. The, the track that defines that film and has maintained popularity every Saturday night somewhere in America and maybe the world at midnight, and that is the Time Warp. The time, it, don't they do it on Friday night? Uh, I don't know. They like do it on Saturday night. In L.A., y'all do it on Saturday night, huh? At midnight, yeah. Uh, I've always heard it was a Friday night thing. But, but uh, it doesn't yeah. matter what you do. Hey. As long as it's at midnight. Well, it doesn't, it well there's a time warp. Uh, time is well, a timey-wimey-bindy thing. Wibbly, yeah, so, yeah wibbly-wobbly, yeah. timey-wimey warp. <laughs> um, absolutely. Jump to the left, uh, step to the right. Time warp's a great song. That's the first time when you really... Uh, 
you kind of get a sense of just how freaky this movie is going to get. And, yeah, it sets uh, the tone. God damn it! And it's amazing. What I what I love uh, about Rocky Horror Picture Show, contrary to like Hedwig and the Angry Inch, which, which was a stage show before it became a movie. Correct. Yeah. Right. Rocky was was a movie. It just no, 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 right. no. Rocky was a stage show first. I don't know. Was, was it? it really? Yeah. Oh, I've never heard yeah. that. Oh, hold on. I'll find the I'll find the info right now. Mm-hmm. Rocky started as a stage show. I'm not sure it did. If it did, then I sound stupid. But uh, okay, that's okay because hey, I thought it was a movie, but it was a, they adapted it. So um, the film the film is based on a the 1975 film is based on the 1973 musical stage production, The Rocky Horror Show. Well, she okay. music music book and lyrics by O'Brien. So um, some of the people, I forget exactly whom, but some of them were actually in the original musical show, and then some of them were specific to the film. I'm going to guess Richard O'Brien. Yeah. <laughs> That's not too hard. Um, Little Nell. What's her name? I think Susan uh, Strandon. Little Nell. Uh, Little Nell. Yeah. Little yeah, Nell. Man, I, so. I, I saw a film with Little Nell, I guess the other film with Little Nell, called uh, Jubilee. Have you guys ever seen this thing? No. Uh, no. Was she it's not in um bizarre. It's like she a not in the Rocky sequel? Punk rock cinema. It's it's good, but it's bad. Uh was she not in the Rocky sequel? Was she, was she in, in a, oh, uh, uh what's it called? A shock treatment? Shock yeah, treatment. I, I think she's there too, yeah. Um her, no, her that's got a great soundtrack. Might have issued well. in uh puberty. What what? Little Nell's nip slip might have issued in yes. puberty for a young you're talking about that half a second where she sort of pulls down her shirt and all it was needed. no at the end where she's wearing the corset and she's like flinging. Oh right, there's two scenes and one. Oh, yeah, there's two scenes. Right. That's right. That's right. There's mm-hmm. a few nipples in that movie if you know where to look. Not and all. we never forget. And if you don't know where to look, just want to go go to one of those midnight shows and the whole damn theater will shout when they're on screen. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <Then> you'll know. <laughs> <laughs> no, what's great? What's great about Rocky Horror Picture Show and its soundtrack is that it's it's the oldest it's the oldest movie soundtrack on our sort of general list, and you know, regardless of its if its sort of musical production, theater production origins, it really sets the tone for this idea of the importance of music, not just like score, not like just composition, but like music. To accentuate what happens on screen, right? And I, I am convinced that the other films that we listed on this list would not exist in the same way if not for the influence of a film like Rocky Horror Picture Show. That, that, like you could make the argument that the music of the show actually helped the movie sustain popularity over the years. Ju- right. Judgment Night would still exist. <laughs> okay, maybe Judgment Night would exist, but only if Fred Durst was not on it. <laughs> Yeah, that can never happen. You know what movie we should have brought up if we're talking musicals? What's that? Fucking Little Shop of Horrors. Should we should we do like a rudder up things where we just kind of go like, oh, this one. Oh, that's yeah, a good one. Yeah, we can one. do some honorable mentions. Right. hero in there. God damn it. Fuck. That, right, yeah, so- Guns N' Roses. That song. Oh, no, ACDC. AC- did, uh, yeah. Didn't they do for Last Action Hero? What song was that? Um, ACDC. It wasn't a hugely well-known song, I don't think. Let me have a look. But it's a fucking good song, though. It was a good song. Um, so any other runner, any other runner-ups that you guys have that maybe didn't quite make the cut, but we course. also think are important to just sort of at least mention out there for anyone who's looking to make a, a Spotify playlist before their Monday starts? Absolutely. I'm going to say, just off the top of my head, Repo Man, you got Iggy Pop, you got yes. the plugs, you got all kinds of good nice. stuff. That was a great soundtrack, Black Flag. Uh, so Repo Man. Um and then I'm going to say, uh, what was the other one I was going to say? Uh, who, you go. Uh, we'll just keep keep uh, cycling. Um, I mean, Dazed and Confused. We haven't talked Duh, about that. Like yes. that's, that's, a, that's a soundtrack that throws me back to an era that was my dad's era. You know, my dad grew up in small town Texas and Dazed and Confused, the movie, is set in small town Texas. And, you know, it kind of, kind of takes me back to when, when he was – my age when I saw that film, and so we kind of connect on that moment, you know. Sure. Shout out to Diamond Dave. Uh, the if I uh, had... Basquiat soundtrack. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, you go. 
Oh, I was going to say the Basquiat soundtrack, uh, the the movie of the, the biopic about the painter Jean Michel Basquiat. It had like oh, yeah. Dave, uh, David Bowie, uh, Public Image Limited, um, lots of good stuff in there. That was a really good one. Last Action Hero. I didn't realize how pimp that soundtrack oh, is. Excellent. ACDC, Alice in Chains, Megadeth, Def Leppard, Anthrax. Oh yeah. Cypress Hell Hill. Yeah. Uh, you know what? Actually, it's kind of silly, but Beavis and Butthead do America. Was excellent. A really Red good soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, lots of good. Sick. The Wayne's World movies. Be- Beavis um, and Butthead covering uh, Sunny and Cher. That's right. <laughs> uh, yeah, great stuff there. Uh, Jess, you mentioned ACDC, which takes me back to a uh, Stephen King story called Maximum Overdrive. And ACDC, oh, one yeah, of my favorite the, ACDC songs, Who Made Who? With oh, the Green man. Goblin uh, truck? That's right. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Um, I, you know, The Matrix had a killer soundtrack. That was a really Matrix good soundtrack. That kind of goes uh, with Judgment Night and all yeah, that sort of Fight stuff. Club. Right. Yeah. Fight Club we talked about last week, but like Fight Club had like Chemical Brothers in it. That was pretty, or the Dust Brothers rather. I was yeah. got the Brothers, Car Clo- Brothers. One of those closed out the whole film with the Pixies as the buildings are crumbling. Uh, Where's my mind? Fantastic. Very cool. So I think I think what we're trying to say here is I've once heard film just broken down to vision and sound, and part of that sound, especially in modern cinema, is composed of some killer tracks. To compose like a great soundtrack to, to accompany the movie and uh, we hope that you guys have liked some of our selections we always invite you to let us know what some of your be- maybe we missed one maybe we missed a great soundtrack we'd like to hear it and I, I'll put up a link on our Instagram at grindhouse podcast uh, for a Spotify playlist for you know a few of the tracks off of our list yeah, that's a great idea. And uh, Jess, want to thank you for being here today. Thank uh, you, guys. And, and a lot of people, if uh, some of you listeners might be going, hey, her voice sounds kind of familiar. Where have I heard this before? Well, Jess is the one that does our outros. So uh, Jess, if, if you'd like to just do a, a live improvised <laughs> outro right now. Yeah, just go I think it. that would be really cool. Um, you're listening to the Grindhouse podcast on the Soundtrack to Our Lives Network. Please follow us on Instagram at Grindhouse Podcast and find us every Monday on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and wherever all fine podcasts can be found. That's right. Yeah.